Bearden Bears fans, another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast coming your way. This week has been an interesting week, and that's why we got the producer in the building, Erica Strowski, on the show with us today as we react to Flus's beard. That is the entire show. It's just Flus's beard and what kind of products he's using. Shout out Flus with the face. No, we got to talk about. Listen, I, look, look I, I love my teammates. I love Cap. Got to talk about Cap's comments about Justin Fields. I think that's something to uh, to really get into here. And also got to look at the coaching staff being unveiled. What does that, did we get any insight? What did we learn from it? Shane Waldron apparently is an anime character with how good he is at dodging some of these questions. So we got to talk about all that more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. EO, what's good, man? What up, what up? We got the designer and the the producer. Is the that, designer is that, and is, the producer. Is, is, That's is a that show. A That's like a, a show. Buddy, a buddy cop thing right there. <laughs> A buddy cop type, you dig? Uh, I've got on the Eddie Murphy jacket. Yeah, I mean the, the old. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The old, well, no, never mind. It was Detroit. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> I'm big on the Miami Vice color. So if we can, we can throw in some pastels in any way. Then let's ride. I'm rocking with it. I'm rocking with it. Okay, so look, we got to start off the show here. I, I don't want this to be the like me versus Cap type thing where I've seen people trying to turn this into this on Twitter and, and YouTube and Instagram and all of that stuff. But Cap is a very boisterous voice on one side of the debate. And I think I'm a very boisterous voice on the other side of the debate. And so we heard Cap yesterday. We probably should have uploaded the audio straight in here. Maybe we can like right? cut it in. Let's be honest. It's on my computer since I'm the one who edited it. If, so. if, if we can get it up here just so that we can hear kind of exactly what he said um, but basically coming out and talking about Justin Fields and why he unfollowed uh, um, the Chicago Bears and the NFL on multiple uh, on Instagram, right? It wasn't multiple social media, just on Instagram. Right, which I'm sure is the only one that he's personally using. Right, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't even know if he was an Instagram guy. Like, I look at his pictures and I'm like, he hasn't posted a picture to social media since he left Ohio State, he's had somebody doing that for him. But the the comments on calling Justin Fields cowardly for unfollowing the Chicago Bears. And he said on Twitter, right, he's not calling Justin cowardly. He's speaking on the act itself is cowardly. I think maybe he used a poor choice of words there. Um, but I gotta I, I just I gotta comment on Cap had an old man moment, guys. And it, it 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 happens. It happens to the best of them, right? He had an old man moment because it sounded like he had no idea how the social media thing goes, right? And when he talked about when he started it off by, why would you go right, on up. a podcast? I got it right here. Now. You got the audio. All right, let's yep. listen to what Cap had to say. Unfollowing the Bears, unfollowing the NFL—that's a coward's way out. I don't want all the rumors on my timeline. I just want to go on vacation and get away from everything. Then why do you go on a podcast to become the lead story on every channel? When has the Bears ever posted about a rumor? The answer is never. So that's a bunch of BS, Justin. Two, there's a mute button. Why don't you just mute the ones you don't want to see? Or better yet, you can delete the app 
and sign back on when vacation's over if that's what you choose. Three, I want the TVs turned off. I'm tired of hearing about the Bears quarterback spot. Mitchell David Trubisky, 2019. How is that any different than this guy saying, I just just want it to be over. I'm tired of the rumors, Caleb, Justin, Justin, Caleb. Why don't you just keep your mouth quiet and just get off the grid, man? All right. <laughs> so let's break this down piece by piece, right? Why go on a podcast and become the lead side of things? I, I understand that there's this mindset in old media that like they should control the narrative, but Justin can speak on his narrative as well. And so um, Justin Fields being able to come out and tell his side of the story, tell you why he unfollowed the Bears, tell you why he unfollowed the NFL and people being upset by that. Because he was honest about, or he told his version of whatever it was about why he unfollowed the Bears. That's that's a little bit, right? It's kind of asinine at this point, right? Because all you guys want, all everyone wants is the access. All everyone wants is to know what the player is saying. What is he thinking? And he told you what he was thinking. And it's the coward's way to do things. I felt, I'm, I'm going to take I'm a play advocate here. Okay. It's a little outside of bull talking out of both sides of your mouth if you're Justin Fields. He's a little because of the noise, because of the loud. That thing led on every sports show nationwide here in Chicago, like that podcast, those comments. And he knew that that would happen. Yeah. So, like, regardless of who he unfollowed, that buzz is, just got larger right before he went on vacation. So saying he didn't want to hear it and then inflaming it is exactly what I kind of, not exactly, but what I felt like happened, whether that intention was there or not, that's what happened. But I think here's the thing, right? It's very, yes, you're, you're going to hear it on all different platforms. You're going to hear it on all sorts of media pages. But if I'm not watching those, I don't see them, right? That is the Mitchell Trubisky turning the TVs off, which was a different instance altogether because that had nothing to do with them talking about his job being gone or not. That had to do with how poorly Mitchell Trubisky was playing football and how he didn't want to see it anymore. But if we want to say that's the same, sure, I can deal with that. But my my issue is that we're we're upset at Justin for going on and telling people why he unfollowed the Chicago Bears. That's the cowardly thing to do. And yet he's telling you from his voice why. But if somebody, if, if Adam Schefter had said it, or if Ian Rappaport had said it, or, oh, we got these reports here. Ah, I don't know if I like this. But, but because Justin's the one that said it, now it's a problem. You know no, so, you, no, your point is valid because if Schefter says it, the buzz is just the same. You know what I mean? You're right. So if Rap has that has this report on why he actually did it or whatever, then it's the same. That's fine. That's fine. Like, like if if people like it's not like Justin's gonna unfollow the bear, which he did. He actually unfollowed the Bears. Okay, which also right leads me to my next point about him unfollowing the Bears. Uh, and and Cap's second old moment here. Why you unfollow the Chicago Bears on IG? It tells me that Cap hasn't spent enough time dealing with algorithms. Uh, and so when you when you are on these social media platforms, who you follow and what you follow does lead to other things being on your timeline. Yes, you can go on Instagram. And because you're following the Chicago Bears and are the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, you're going to be flooded with things from the Chicago Bears. He didn't say that he didn't mute the word Chicago Bears in his Instagram. He didn't say that he didn't mute all of the stories from his Instagram. Yes, he did unfollow the team, but that is a part of getting away from it. He also unfollowed the NFL, right? The NFL talks about everything football. But if you have those things associated to the person that you are, heck, I follow nothing 
on any social media, really, right? Like I, I am literally just sports, but because of people I follow, I get cooking videos, I get uh, uh, <laughs> dance videos, I get la- my wife's a lactation consultant, I get breastfeeding videos for some reason. Yeah, I mean, like just because <laughs> of the people that I follow. Yeah, that's a, that's a wild one. I mean, when you're just scrolling through and it's just like, oh, that's a newborn oh, baby and nipple. All right, and, that's a thing. All right, okay. <laughs> is that a good latch? Oh, they got latched. Right, great latch, on. great, right. a phenomenal latch by that baby. Knows what he's doing. Uh, but no, it's it's just there is other steps that you have. To, and I had to do that with my Twitter. I've had my Twitter since I was 14 years old. My Twitter was filled with people that I was like, "Ooh, I don't want to see that. It's seven o'clock in the morning. And so I had to go through and unfollow everybody one by one. Like there's a reason behind these things. Now, am I saying that Justin Fields isn't unfollowing the Bears because he doesn't want to be associated with the Bears? Or he doesn't want to move or or because he wanted to send him. I'm not saying any of that. I think maybe there is some aspect of that still in there. But to call the move cowardly, one, you're taking into question what who the person is, how the person moves, how the person acts. And here's the thing. EO, you sick of hearing quarterback conversation? Um, my job is going to require me to say, hell no. <laughs> because well, this is, right. this exactly. is the content genius exactly. one. But – yeah, man. Like, and we all kind of know the answer of, at at the end of all this story at this point. So yeah, it is. It has gotten. Repetitive. You're you're everybody's sick of it, and guess so. So if you're sick of it, if I'm sure Cap's sick of it. Like we love it from a content perspective, but I'm sure Cap's sick of it. Hoodie's sick of it. I'm sure Waddle and Sylvia's sick of it. Carmen Yurko is sick of it. Uh, Black and Abdallah is sick of it. Tune into all the shows over on ESPN 1000. Get in tune with them. Um, now imagine if that's about you. If it's your name, if every time somebody tweets Justin Fields, the story is about you, or every time somebody tweets David Kaplan or Eric Ostrowski or Pat Morenzoni, the story is about you. Every time you go on social media, it's about you. There is a way to break away from that. And it is okay for Justin Fields to say, I don't want to see it anymore. And that not to be cowardly, because guess what? Most of us here in Chicago don't want to see it anymore. I mean, yes. And I, yeah, you got me one, the whole algorithm thing. You're such a content creator. So like you understand that way more than other, but I didn't even think about that until you said it. You're like, yeah, no, like obviously things you follow are going to start feeding you stuff like that. And yeah. I would never be able to handle every conversation. Like I, I think the only thing I would do is I would just exit. I would just turn it off all over, but then I'm not getting my cat videos and I'm not getting my, my fights at the restaurant. Cause Karen right. was mad. There was ketchup on her hamburger videos. I need those. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have no issue. I don't care what anyone does on social media. I really don't. I think the generation that Justin Fields is a part of cares even less about those things about following and who they are and stuff like that. They, they, they care even less than basically the older media has looked at things. And when they, they trying to read between the lines that aren't even actually lines there. And and it's yes. And and I think the the thing is too, right? Like we have seen younger players, me, me and Courtney talked about this. We've seen younger players want to send a message through their social media. Stefan Diggs was a key one, but he scrubbed his IG. He scrubbed his Twitter. He scrubbed the, I don't know if Facebook was still a thing, but like everything he had to do, everything that had to do with him and the Minnesota Vikings was gone. It literally in, in his bio, it said NFL wide receiver. He was still under contract with the team. (laughs) That is a much clearer message than Justin Fields going on vacation 
and turning off the Bears and the, and the NFL. It's a much different message in general, and it's a much different situation, too. One dude wanted out. The other one's like, I'll stay. I'll be happy to be here in Chicago. Yes. They don't. I don't think they want me. So I'm going to yeah. take a break because I can't stand listening to it anymore. And and that's and that's the whole point of it, right? Justin clearly emphasizes, I would love to stay here in Chicago. I can't see myself playing anywhere else. That doesn't matter, cowardly. Like that's that's my problem with it, right? Like it's it's we're not hearing the player for everything he's saying. We're hearing the player for the snippet that is whatever the big story was of the day. The big story from yesterday should have been Justin Fields wants to stay in Chicago. Justin Fields wants to be a Chicago Bear. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, what, well, what else is he supposed to say? How, how else is he supposed to be viewed? At this point, we kind of know it, it seems like the Chicago Bears don't want him. He can kind of say whatever he wants. And like the vibe of that podcast, it wasn't like the measured comments. It was it was three friends flat out talking it got yeah. like so like the way and if you listen to the whole context the way he talked about chicago the way he talked about the bears the organization the fans like it was genuine it wasn't like i'm going like and we've seen him do the scripted press conference thing it wasn't that it was him talking to his friends about how much he enjoys the city and this organization he literally asked can i get fined for saying this do yeah. y'all think refs cheat that was awesome. like that is not a like. By the way, Justin was a better podcaster than both Amon Ra and EQ. He was asking the better questions. Yo, yo, most of that listen, podcast. Listen, I feel like we got a lot more in depth breakdown as far as podcasts from <laughs> Justin Fields. Listen, I'm, I hope I hope everything works. If you're here, if you're in Atlanta, if you're in Pittsburgh, wherever you go. But if it don't, podcasting is your future, dog. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like you got you got a place in media out here because. When he when he said, do y'all think refs cheat and then started listing all the spots where he thought the refs cheated. And by the way, he's never getting a rough in the passer call now. Never. He'll never, never. get one now. He right? like you one then, the now he's not. No way. Yeah, he, he 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 never got one. So I guess he assumed, hey, it is what it is mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. But when he brought up, I don't even remember who the linebacker was. I just remember he had a great head of hair. And, and when they, the ref ran into him in Pittsburgh, and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot oh, about that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, like, so like you're you're like the openness that Justin Fields gave you. You're not getting that from quarterbacks of NFL teams. Almost ever, maybe every now and then you get it, but you're not really getting it. Like Jalen Hurts went on pivot. Right. Um, it's getting more and more prevalent. Like the, the whole, the the Netflix quarterback club. Like we saw a different side of Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins changed so many people's opinion on him yeah. because of, of that. So like we're getting more of it. And it's because the players, the athletes, the celebrities in this world aren't letting other people do their docs. They're doing their own docs. They're doing their own messaging. That's just what, the, what whether you like it or not as a fan, as a content creator, as a content ingester, it's what it is. It's the reality of it. So like Justin was out there with two other athletes, one a teammate, one a friend, one a, like, and he was just talking ball about how he feels. And and to me, that is, I'm not going to say brave, right? We're, we're throwing big words here, cowardly and brave. It's not brave, right? He got on, he turned the camera and he started talking. But like it, for you to put yourself out there knowing that every word you're going to say is going to be scrutinized, that is, I guess, in this sense, let's use bravery, I guess, in this sense, mm-hmm. the the brave thing to do. It is. It takes balls it, to do that, period. Like He it, didn't it, shy it, away uh, from anything. And like when the, those questions were asked, like the ones that we all wanted to hear, 
Thank you. I wanted to hear. I wanted to be asked that. You know yes. what I mean? So like he like hit him all head on. Like no, so, it, it is it is a courageous. It takes some balls for sure to go. And even if you're doing it with some friends, you know it's getting clipped like hell. So like it does. Well, and is especially when right like when he went through what he went through last year, where he said would pretty much ninety percent of the team came out on camera and said ninety percent of very exaggeration. But right, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, your head coach Ryan Poles all came out and were like, we don't think this Luke Getzey guy is really doing a good job but Justin goes you know I'm just feeling a little robotic out there I don't know what uh you know I, I'm trying to work through it but I'm just trying to be perfect right now and it's on me to, to figure it out he threw his coach under the bus we hate this guy like it's it's I mean like you when you've dealt with that in a season and after that all his press conferences were what like they were uh, yeah they were uh, yeah I gotta get better yeah. at that yep uh, that's on me yeah Yep. Yeah, that's my fault. Yep. hundred percent. Like you weren't getting anything from them to know that, okay, I'm going to show my personality. I'm going to, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to tell, I'm telling everything that, that you guys asked me about. Um, I'm going to talk about how I want to be here, but if I do get traded, Atlanta would be cool, right? Like we yeah. got all of those things from him. Like that is not to me to say, to, to attach cowardly to Justin Fields name in any way is disrespectful to him. And I felt like that needed to be addressed. That's fair. I mean, unfollowing someone on on social media is not a cowardly thing to do. Yeah, the cowardly is. thing to do is to fight with people on social media. That's actually a very <laughs> mentally healthy way to approach your social media is to just <laughs> tell them to fuck off and go away and block them. Yeah, like like, and and I think that's the thing that so many people do not. And this that's the weird part about where we're at societally right now. Like, I've never. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm trying to think. I block people on YouTube more so for saying racist things than anything. I don't think I've ever blocked anyone on Twitter or Instagram. Like, I don't think I've ever even hit the block button on anyone because, like, I just, like, why? I can just ignore you. Yeah. You can just continue past you on my timeline. And I'm not, now the difference is I'm not Justin Fields. I can't scroll through and every other word is Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. But like, I don't know, like using the block button is like running away from a conversation to me. And I guess like if you get disrespectful, maybe I can see that happening. Or like, right, like I said, like with YouTube, people have come in and said racist stuff. I'll block them for that. But like, outside of that, like I can't even imagine when I would block somebody. And there's a lot of people. Out here using that block button just because, oh, this guy's a Caleb Williams guy. I can't stand to see that yeah. anymore. Block. Like, you're trying to, to me, that's cutting your mind off to the conversation that is at hand. You're I mean, trying to live in your world. Welcome to social media. I'm big on people having their social media be what they want it to be because yeah. it has done more damage than good in a lot of ways with the way things are out there. But it also leads to silos. It leads to your thought is in this silo. The other thought is in this silo and they're never going to cross. So like yeah. there needs to be some sort of medium. Like you need to control your social media. So you're in a right mindset and you're not screwed up because of it, but you can't just hear that everything you're, you believe and see is correct. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, right? Like you're, you're closing your mind off to what the debate is in the conversation. So how can you have the debate like that? That's my thing. When you come to me and it's just like, oh, all I've seen on social media is support for Justin. They're like what, what social media have you been on? <laughs> yeah. All, all, yeah. All, you all I've see, seen right, is guys uh -huh. that want Caleb Williams. Like what, where are you looking at my guy? Like, 
I wonder sometimes how people can be so selective with what they hear and see. I'm so confused by it all the time. And that's not an algorithm thing because if you got Justin Fields on your algorithm, you're getting both sides yes. of it. So like, I'm always so confused by, by this, just the selective knowledge people decide to ingest. Yeah. And, and, but, and, and that's the thing. It goes with the debate as well. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, so you're going to debate me on something that you've chosen clearly one side on. Okay. Guy like I, all right, I, I need you to, how about you get off of my timeline? But even then, right? Like I, I live, I guess it's because of how I am in the world that we're in. I live for that debate. I live for the context. I live for the other side of the conversation because now I know what people want to talk about. It's true. People are afraid of it, though, man. So people are just afraid of distension and disagreements. And my opinion is the right opinion. It's <laughs> and the other right. ones are cowardly. Hey, everybody else cowardly can't stand. Up. Hey, man, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Hit that like button if you haven't done so. Subscribe to the page. Uh, the one thing we do got to talk about that is not cowardly. This tweet went a little viral, by the way, which I did not expect. But this is hilarious out here. Uh, we got the the case of two flooses out here, dog. Uh, Matt Eberflus mm. coming out here fresh to death. He went from, I believe we're on the right path to y'all know how we get down. Stop playing with me out here, dog. Dude, like, uh, what, was, what was your thoughts when you saw bearded and faded Flus out there yesterday? Man, first thought was like, who is this Sons of Anarchy character? <laughs> and, and like... Do I need to give my wife a hall pass? Like, <laughs> a hall pass. like this is a handsome man. If she's gonna ask and she gets one, like, all right, he's pretty handsome all of a sudden. Now, now, which one do you prefer here? Because remember, in Dallas, we had goateed flus. Oh, we no. had goateed flus. Are there some dyed tips on that, maybe as well? Or we got we got bearded flus here on the right here, right? I, I think everyone everyone's opposed to no bearded flus. You need the facial hair, and I think he heard us. Uh, but I mean, listen, good looking guy with the beard. I'm not going to lie. Who like, knew? Dude, don't you, do you feel like, I, I, so they were talking about this morning on Kevin J. Do you have more confidence in him now that he just walked out with that swagger like that? You know what? You know what? I, I got to see it. I, I still have to see it because remember we got bearded Nagy. We did get a bearded. We Nagy. got bearded uh -huh. Nagy. And I think he still has the beard right now. Um, I don't remember. I, don't know. I think he still has the beard right now. But like we got bearded Nagy out of nowhere. And it was like all of a sudden we were like, oh, snap. Here we go. But th there is a part I, I would love to know the scientific breakdown on this. All of our championships, if I'm not mistaken, have literally been won by guys with facial hair, like yeah. pronounced facial hair. That's great. I'd love that. Just so we got Q. I mean, you got to think yeah. Q. Ozzy had the beard. Ozzy had, and then he also um, Joe had, had the beard. Madden always had something, and then obviously Ditka. Ditka, of course, had the stash. Like all of our championships have been won. That's great by guys with very pronounced facial hair. And all the guys who who didn't have it right got close. There's some moments, right? Doug Collins, Phil, Phil had the mustache. That's right. And then later years, it was always the great beard on yep. Phil. Yeah. Uh, Doug Collins, hmm. clean shaven some power in that now i'm <laughs> now i'm like damn it i'm 36 years old with two kids and and i can't grow one so like i'm destined for just mediocrity apparently no hey listen mine is mine is taking it's sweet time getting in here my wife was like so you're growing this beard out i was like yeah she was like how long is it gonna take i was like i don't know like the italian <laughs> blood is not screaming on the beard game right now like um i got the other side of the family on that and apparently it just doesn't grow as quick 
But it's it's so funny, right? Like I saw on social media yesterday because Floose looked like a clean shaven, fresh haircut. First off, the cut had to be fifty bucks. That was a that was a that was a nice I, cut. Yeah, there. I've seen a couple like side profile pictures. And oh you're like, yeah, well done. Like I've, well done. Slide cut. me that barber's like number. Like very, you, very did he walk in and ask for the Travis Kelsey? Ooh, bold. Oh, or the, yeah. better question, am I going to go to the barber and ask for the Eberflus <laughs> next time? Is that what's happening? Go, come you got that picture? Coach Flus? Right. You got that, that Coach Flus? What's that? Is that a six all the way around? What is, what is right. that? What is that? I just, I, I thought that that was a surprise. Um, it, it did oddly. We didn't even know he was going to talk yesterday. He was. I had no idea talk. he was talking. Like, like I get the emails from the Bears all the time, and he was not on the di- the dais to talk at all. And then he just walks up, and everyone's like, <laughs> "Wait, wait, oh, oh!" I don't think I don't think anybody else knew he was going to talk. I think he did that so that like Bears PR could prep Shane Waldron one last time. Yeah, and because Eric Washington goes up next, right? And like. You're sitting there looking at Eric Washington. Didn't really give you too much. Gave you a little bit, but nothing crazy. And then Shane comes up there, and he's doing a masterful job ducking and dodging all of the questions. So Yeah, uh, before we get to Shane, I want to talk about my one takeaway from Eric Washington. Let's do it. Was he was asked, like, you're not calling plays. It's kind of a lateral move. Like, why did you want to come here? And he says, have you like, it's the excitement over the defense. It's the roster that he kept talking about. He's like, that means players, like players, coaches, people around the league respect this defense and where it's going. And they respect what Eberflus is doing with this defense. The people that matter care and are attracted to it because of it. So like, that's just another boost in the confidence in that defense in my eyes. Well, and I think you also have to take that slingshot effect. Yes, this is a lateral move in a sense, right? You're going somewhere. And technically it's really a step back, right? Because you're going somewhere where, you have to relearn everybody. You have yep. to, you're going to a new job. You're all the things that come with a new job. So you're a step behind pretty much. So you're kind of taking that slingshot effect though, because when Eric Washington was calling plays, ew. Right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you kind of yeah. got it. You have to go through that. Okay, I'm here. I'm probably never going to get the opportunity because because Buffalo was where he was at, right? Right. And not to say, um, he wasn't the play caller there, but even it's Sean McDermott's job, like Sean right, McDermott, you know I mean? like, defensive guy, and that's his mastermind. It's his defense. It's his scheme. Yeah, he's probably got input very similar to what he has here, but it's he's not calling plays there. But I think here, Flus has more of a he wants to be the CEO, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't want the defense to take a step back. So while you're you're learning, you're understanding how I want to call things. Of course, you'll put your spin on it, and you you'll you'll do the things that you need to do here. After a, as time goes on, I think we will get to a point where Eric Washington probably is calling plays if Flus is still the head coach here because Flus wants to be in that CEO managerial spot and he wants to have guys in the building that are going to call plays. And sometimes it is right, like, okay, you got to understand a little bit more on a feel for the game. You got to understand what we're doing here. You got to understand how this plays out. And this is what we want to do in this instance. Maybe Flus not the guy to teach that. Some tough defensive moments last season. But I think that this is a move where he feels, okay, I'm actually going to have a chance to call plays because you're never going to have a chance to call plays under Sean McDermott. No, you're not. And something Eberflus has talked about in throughout the seasons is about how he, because it's talked about like if 
coordinators getting snatched for other teams. He said, that's a good thing. That means yeah. we've taught them. We've built with them. We've grown together with them. He's talked about how not only does he want to build the players, but he wants to build these coaches to let them go on and growth and do big things. So like in an interview, I'm sure that was brought up and, and Eric Washington, like that probably ideal situation, good defense, opportunity to learn and maybe an opportunity to take over. And I would say, right, like we've seen this as well, right? If if Flus gets a confidence in Eric throughout the season, he'll give him the play calling yep. during the season. You we've know. seen guys get the play calling during the season. I need to take more of a CEO role, focus on the clock, focus on timeouts, focus on what's happening on the field. Eric, it's your job, right? Like it's just, I think there's just the, you come in, you prove yourself, you prove that you want to call this system how we want the system to be called. Of course, he's going to have his spin on it, but you do that, and then we will make this work for you. We will make this happen for you. Um, so I don't think that there's a 0% chance Eric Washington calls plays, and I like the fact that I look at it on both sides, right? To me, you're building a tree if you if things work out with Eric Washington here. I look at it on the offensive side as well. I mean, you went Shane Waldron, but you also went Kerry Joseph. Gary Joseph was somebody you were interviewing for the offensive coordinator position. He was somebody that you saw and was like, okay, I'm going to interview you. Of course, right. He worked with Frank, right? So maybe there was a little bit of that aspect to it as well, but I'm going to interview you. We're going to talk with you. We're going to see where you're at. Okay. We don't want you as the OC right now because we don't think you're at that level, but Hey, as the QB coach, you can come in here and do this. Thomas Brown, same thing. Yep. We look at you, Frank Wright again, right? Boom, we're in there. We're working together. Mm, maybe you're not there yet, but you can be. So we're going to bring Shane in. Shane runs a similar system to what we want to run. We want you to run. Shane's probably, if he does a good job and develops a quarterback, not going to be here next year. You've got a guy who you interviewed as the OC right. in place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be the next possible OC. So I love the fact that bearded floose, and I will call him bearded floose the rest of the way as long as he's good, uh, is is putting together a staff that seems like it has longevity. And has I don't depth. think we've had that here before. No, no, it has it has it potentially has depth in, yeah. in a, so if somebody needs to leave midseason because of HR reasons, they may have somebody there this time where they can take over. There's there's no way. There's no way this season coming is can't. going to be worse than last year. It can't be. It can't be. When I tell you, it felt like the first five weeks of the season wouldn't end, and then the rest of the season just flew by because there weren't these issues. It's like, my God, what are we doing here, guys? Uh, what did you think of Shane Waldron's uh, uh, comments on the quarterback position yesterday and how he dodged pretty much just about everyone, but I think he slipped up a little bit when he talked about um, he's excited to coach the players who are already here and then for some reason just went and that includes the quarterback. Like he just tried to slide that in and just move on like we weren't going to catch it. Right. So that comment, I, at first I take it, you take it as like all these guys in this locker room are going to be new people for him to teach and coach and grow with like and teach them. And like he could have just left it at that. There's no reason to caveat also the quarterback yeah like you meant the locker room I thought why did you just throw that one in I thought that was funny my overall him dodging the questions and 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 doing a pretty good job a boring job but put a good job of it my first thought is don't say this like really good job Bears PR like he was coached and exactly I don't know 
what question he really could have rightfully answered when he went up there. And any coordinator, when you ask them, could you only coach for this style of quarterback? They're never going to say yes. They're going to say, no, I coach to teams and we adjust yeah. our schemes. And like, like, so like people like thinking that he was deflected on that one. That is just a regular answer from a regular <laughs> coordinator. No, like Bill Belichick's never going to say only won Super Bowls because I had Tom Brady. Like right. it's not that I coached a whole team and I coached a whole scheme and I adapted. So I, I don't know what we were expecting to get from him. I no, I expect here's the funny part. I expected exactly what we got because it made me think of Lance. Remember, Lance always says he says defensive guys, they go up there, they say what they mean, they get out. Offensive guys, they sit there, they oh, you know, we got this, we make this happen, the sky's blue, and that's why we call blue 42, and that's what we do here. And if it's gray, it's gray 13. And and so, like, once it, like I instant I was watching it, I was thinking of Lance like. He he nailed that one. Like, awesome. my God, yeah. this yeah. is a offensive conversation here where it's just a hodgepodge of like it was a that was a skillet. That was a word skillet right there. Like there was some there was some green peppers in there. There was some some uh, hash browns in there. That was and, and you're just looking at it and you're like, this is a meal kind of. But like yeah, a little bit, but we'll it, it all that. goes together. Like I'm going <laughs> to eat it. There's egg in here, too. I don't know how to but I, I'm going to eat it. It's delicious. But so like. I feel like that's really all we got out of Shane Waldron yesterday with with the one quarterback. But I don't think I even take anything from that because here's the thing for me with the Waldron conversation, and this is why I think the sides make don't make sense to me. I can see a path to success for the Bears with either quarterback. I would think Shane Waldron could see a path to success with either quarterback because they're both guys that operate really well off schedule. They're both guys that can uh, hit the deep ball at a high accuracy. Maybe you can say Caleb Williams' decision-making is quicker right now, but I can't take college tape versus NFL tape because he don't have no NFL tape with NFL pass rush in his face and the Bears offensive line standing in front of him. Um, Like Maybe I can go one way or the other on something, but like, it's not like I'm sitting here telling you we're going Justin Fields or Drake May. Like Caleb Williams and Justin Fields are incredibly similar quarterbacks, and maybe you can see better things that should translate in the NFL for Caleb Williams than what you've seen from Justin Fields. But you ain't seen that in the NFL, so you don't know yet. So like, you're not even having a different quarterback conversation outside of the fact that one comes in as a veteran, has been a part of a system similar to this before, and one comes in as a rookie and you have to teach him everything brand new. Right. Um, I, even if Drake May was the guy, Shane Waldron and any <laughs> offensive coordinator is going to say the same thing. Yes, I can coach that guy and we can win with that guy. Yeah. Why would they not say that? And what scenarios like uh, pocket passer doesn't No, No, my scheme doesn't work for him. Like they have those conversations in the room with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus yeah. about that. But. They have beliefs that they can coach. They have egos. These guys are at the highest level. Like the off, there's 32 offensive coordinators in the world. You yeah. don't think they can coach any? They don't think that they can coach everybody that steps on the field? No, yeah. And and that's the thing. And that's the egos is the greatest word, right? Egos is why Justin Fields mm -hmm. is is if he does get traded, people are going to have a high belief wherever he goes because guess what? 
if I'm willing to give you a second round pick for a quarterback, I believe that this guy is going to be something. Yeah, it's things a little bit less, but that's still a starter in the NFL. I believe he's going to be a pretty good starter in the NFL. There's a coach in Atlanta right now that's like, I would love to get my hands on Justin Fields. I think Mike Tomlin's like, I would love to get my hands on Justin Fields. Like those are those are the things where you have to take the egos into account. Because remember, egos got Nagy here. Nagy thought he could fix Mitch. Yep. Nagy thought he could make Mitch. But now, maybe help him a little bit more. Right? We're not just going to kind of gloss. I like how now he's won two Super Bowls since he's left. And he's really just been a part of the team that's won two Super Bowls. And like we kind of gloss past the fact that he ghosted Mitch Trubisky and like left him out to dry and kind of oh, like I, didn't help him at all at as all. a he quarterback prospect. Just, just it, like to me, Nat, Matt Nagy's play calling was exemplified in how he this is the example. Matt Nagy can't coach anyone apparently because he didn't adjust. So maybe Matt Nagy at the press conference says, <laughs> No, I can't adjust my scheme to fit. Drake May, it only works for Justin Fields. Maybe that's there because we we never saw it. It was terrible. Under it, it, it was, was terrible. And listen, it was terrible when he was calling plays in Kansas City. Yeah. Right. And listen, everybody can say, oh, Andy Reid took back play calling. He took it back late because guess what? I kept seeing that wide, wide, wide receiver screen end around that I hadn't seen Andy Reid run a ton in his time without Tyreek Hill. That's all I'm saying. It looked very bogus. Um, I, I don't know, man, like this, the whole Waldron coming in and what's he going to do, which quarterback he's going to be. Let me ask you this. How big of a say should he have in who the next quarterback is? I've talked about this over on the breeze. I've talked about it here that I believe that whoever he feels he wants to coach the most should be the decision you make because you tied yourself to him. And there's been pushback on that from people where they're like, you can't let an offensive coordinator that make that big of a decision. But if it's who he wants, you know he's going to ride for him twice as hard. Luke Getzey wanted Tyler Scott. That's why Darnell Mooney stopped getting the reps. Mm. Like, I would I would think you want your offensive coordinator to have a major say in who the next quarterback of the Chicago Bears is. Who do you trust evaluating a quarterback more? Defensive coordinator, head coach, or an offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach? I, I mean, I, I trust Waldron more with everything else that the Bears have, but I trust Waldron more because he's made everything work. My point is, is you trust the guy who works with the offense and talks yeah. with the offense and talks that language because the yeah. languages between the two balls are different. So I think ultimately, God, who do you like? Is it his like biggest in the room? So polls flutes Waldron in that yes. making that decision. He might be the second most important. I think it goes Poles, Waldron, then Ibraflus in, in yeah. that. Like, and I do believe they work together. They discuss and have a collaborate. I think they have a good room in that sense. But I think that's how I would rank the hierarchy of whose opinion I would value. And that's and that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Like because we've done the tie an OC to a guy he doesn't want every time, literally every time, right? Can you fix Jay Cutler? Yeah, I can fix Jay Cutler. Nobody can fix Jay Cutler. Why can't you fix Jay Cutler? Maybe because you didn't give him a left tackle, but. Can you fix Jay Cutler? Can you fix Mitch Trubisky? Can you fix Rex Grossman? Can you fix uh, who was in between them? Where we go. We went Rex straight to Jay. Uh, was was Orton in there? Yeah. Can you, you, really, you really didn't need to fix Kyle Orton. Can you call a system that Kyle Orton can yeah, run? Right, right, right. Um, but I mean, and then can you fix Justin Fields? Matt Lucchesi, come Justin in. Fields, you yeah. worked with Aaron Rodgers. Come on in. Fix Justin Fields. Like make him a pocket, quick, efficient passer that we want him to be. Like and it I is think it. that's the, 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 like you said, that's the part that's funny. 
I wonder what's being said in these interviews because who was it that literally was like, you can't fix Jay Cutler. You have to get rid of him. I don't know. Wasn't that, um, he won with Tom. Why, why am I blanking on his name? In Tampa. Uh, Bruce Arians. Uh, oh, okay. So Bruce, Bruce Arians is the only one that was like, you can't fix Jay Cutler. Like, I wonder how many OCs are doing that. That's great. See, Bruce Arians is a, a person who I think measures character and personality a lot more than different coaches around the league, too. So that's that's a pretty telling and smart <laughs> assertion by him. <laughs> well, Jay was also what? He was 30, 32, 33 at that point. Like, he was who he was. Like, yep, it was like, exactly. hey, guys, you're not fixing Jay. Let Jay go. And they were like, oh, we got to We got to fix Jay. We can't let Jay go. And he goes on. He's coaching the year in Indianapolis. And then he ends up being a uh, 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 Super Bowl winning coach down with, with Tom Brady in Tampa. And got Jameis Winston to like nine wins. Got a uh, uh, um, who was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to like nine wins. Like yep, uh, yep. he might be a pretty good coach. He might know what he's doing a little bit. That Aaron scenario. Like there's so many stories from that interview that are just God. The Bears. What were they doing in that moment? Yeah, the, the they were being the Bears. And and yeah. it, it, the one thing that I do love is it feels like that's changing. And that's why I've said right. Like, this this kind of goes into our uh, Toyota. Sponsorship, you're on the clock. The road to the draft brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. This kind of goes towards our question today for that. Because what do you believe is more important for the Chicago Bears heading into this combine? Is it the interviews or is it the measurables on the field? Is it the 40 times? Is it the uh uh um Right, the the high jump, the broad jump, the 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 shuffle, the what is it, the the twenty shuffle, right? The like all of those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. What's what's more important there? Do you think to the Bears coming into this? It's really interesting because like there's certain drills, like the three cone drill for D linemen, and there's, yeah. like there's certain ones that people focus in hard on. But if there's if there's, I don't I don't know. Like if you have a doubt about a player, I don't know what they can do. To, to, to erase that doubt, uh, like um, on-field type stuff, when they're running an underwear run around cones, like I don't feel like there's much there. So to me, especially with with what, like like for Caleb, I doubt Caleb Willovines even He's does not anything, do anything at the combine. Yeah. So they are, they've got to have an amazing interview session with him. They've got to have a great planned interview session. So it's, it's, I've never been a big believer and I'm always surprised on how people jump up the board in, in from how they, they did in the combine when to me it's the interviews and the medical are what matter about this week that and honestly the most important thing about this week for nfl teams is that they're all in one place and they're all talking and hobnobbing and drinking and eating dinner and making deals in the back rooms oh yeah oh yeah and and i i I agree with you right I, i almost feel i think at this point right if somebody does bad that's when you notice like if so like uh who was it jalen carter right was it one i don't know if it was even it might have uh, been that was his pro day. It Remember, was his it pro, was pro day. day. He ran an awful forty. He was yeah, sweating yeah. his ass off. He Looked was out of winded. shape. Yeah, I, I, like if somebody does bad, I think it's more detrimental than if somebody goes out there and just runs normal numbers. Right? If I got a wide receiver that runs a a, a four four forty, okay, I got thirty of those guys right here in the in the draft right now. Okay, he runs a four four. Can he catch the football when nobody's trying to tackle him? Okay, I got now I'm down to twenty five of those guys. If twenty five of these guys caught the football, uh, how's he run routes? Okay, now I'm down to fifteen guys. But like you, I think you go through and you're like, okay, yes, these are the best. This is kind of here. This is here. But like most coaches are going to look at a lot of these players and go, I can coach that. I can figure that out. 
the interviews to me for the Chicago Bears, one, I think they're massively important because I do think that that plays a big part. We talked about the personality side of it, the the uh, how Bruce Arians was a big character guy. Ryan Poles is a big character guy. He wants to know that, like, okay, what is your goal? My, my favorite line from Ryan last year about Darnell Wright, when he was like, when you talk to him, when you see him work out, when you see what he he's he, he's a prick you want on your side. That was a great line. You yep. know what I mean? Like uh-huh. he, he, he he's uh-huh. a prick you want on your like it's like oh, that's exactly what I want from an yep. offensive lineman. Like yep. that's exactly yeah, right. what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. So like when you hear comments like that, that to me says that okay, you've sat down, you've talked to him, you were worried about the character, maybe you saw the character you wanted to see. Now, how does that translate to the talent on the field? Caleb Williams is talented. That's not our question right now. Uh, I think most of these guys in the first round this year are ridiculously talented. Our question is, what kind of personality is going to be a good leader for the Chicago Bears? Because we've had both. We've had the guy who is Justin Fields, who's an amazing leader, but maybe has left a little bit to be desired in the passing game. And I've had Jay Cutler, who I think is is a amazing quarterback and can make every throw you want to yep. see somebody make. Maybe at times challenges the wrong DBs and throws a lot of picks in a row, but like you can live with that. But he was a horrible leader on top of that, and so like as a leader, you hated him, and he was throwing picks, right? right. Like yep. so, you got to be able to balance that out to me. I, I totally agree. One thing you said about like it impacts the player more if they do bad than they do good. Yeah. And the way, if I was an evaluator, I would absolutely agree with that. And it wouldn't be because of the number I would be focusing on. Was he not prepared for the combine? This is a once in a lifetime yes. thing. And why does what he does on the field with this quickness and stuff, why is it not translated? Were you not prepared for all these drills? Like that would be where my concern, or, or is he not like the effort in the middle yeah. or the out of shape? Did he get out of shape from co- the end of the season to now because of being fat and happy and getting ready to get <laughs> in the NFL? Like, so that that's where doing bad numbers versus it doesn't match your tape yeah. would come into like, that'd be like where I'd start evaluating a little bit uh, in a different way. Yeah. And how many guys have been right? Like uh, their the numbers don't match up with who they were in college or what you looked at. And then you go to them and it's like, okay, what happens? Like, well, I pulled my hamstring a week ago, but I just wanted to run. Yeah. And that's I, I, exactly. I, I, I tweaked something, right? Like, so like, I think that like, that's it. Exactly. The attitude matching up with the Im- impact of the day, the importance of that. Cause at the end of the day, right? Like, when I see offensive linemen run a 40 a forty yard dash, I'm like, please don't pull something. That's, That's all I'm thinking. I'm just uh-huh. like, why, why do we got this big guy running a 40 right now? He ran a, a 5 4 40, and people are like, ooh, look at that. It's like, what am I asking him to go 40 yards downfield? That is a legal man downfield. Yeah, right. Do the NFL literally says you can't <laughs> do that. All right. <laughs> so I just, I, I, I think that. When you like when you bring up moments like that, was he prepared? Was he not prepared? Is he hurt? Did something happen? Is he trying to fight through this? Like all of that goes to what does this really mean to you? And I think that's the part that a lot of people do question right now with Caleb. What does being an NFL quarterback mean to you? Is this just something else to do? And I think when you go back to Justin Fields, that's why a lot of people rock with Justin as well. Yes, it hasn't panned out as far as play on the field every time out. You you want to see more from him as far as throwing capability and, and processing. And th- like those flaws are there, fine. I want to see more. But the one thing that I heard in that interview about Justin Fields that is undeniable is Justin Fields wants to be great. Justin Fields wants to be a good quarterback. And he doesn't want to 
like when I'm and Rob was talking about like breaking the the uh, all time rushing yards, he was like, I, I don't. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's cool. And he wants to be a good passer. He wants to throw the football well. He Like those are the things he wants to get better at. And that's why, to me, Justin Fields will always have a job in the NFL. Justin Fields, he'll always be on somebody's roster. And that's why, to a man, every person in that locker room likes and loves Justin Fields. Yeah. He gives a damn. He works his ass off. He's tough as hell. He wants to be great. That's why every person in that locker room really respects who just – and then I'm sure across the NFL, these players all talk and they all know each other. That's why he's super respected around the league is that stuff. Yeah, 100%. And, and listen, like Mitch had, Mitch had the work ethic part. But he just didn't didn't have enough talent to go with it. I think everybody can see the talent from Justin, and you just want to see him in a situation where he actually gets to unlock it. Now, Mitch wasn't in a great situation either. Uh, don't don't get me wrong; he was getting rushed pretty much every time down the field. Like it just it got bad quick. But it, the ceilings it's, were just different between those completely two guys. You know different. What I mean, just two different conversations on what Mitch could become and what Justin could become. Yes. And and I think that's what it comes to with Justin and Caleb. Now it's like, where are the ceilings on these guys? What is the peak here? And maybe if you believe that, that Caleb Williams has a higher ceiling, all right, that's why people want people are talking about him as the best prospect since Andrew Luck. You know how many good quarterbacks have come out since Andrew Luck? Like Joe Burrow's been out yep. here. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Well, I don't know about Trevor Lawrence. We'll see. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence. I think the only reason we'll call him Josh a bust because he's in Jacksonville. Josh, Josh Allen, Allen has come out. Like yeah, I mean, Lamar like yeah. a ton of good names have come out, and this is the best prospect we've evaluated since Andrew Luck. Okay, so now I'm paying attention. Now I'm focused. Now I'm bought in. But is this a prospect that's coming out who has a Kyler Murray attitude? Right. Like you said, is this just something else for him to do? Is this just hit a way for him to make money? Or no. does he really give a damn about winning and being great? And that's like, why yes, I, does. that's that's why to me, I'm not gonna lie. Like I would say not that the other part isn't important, but when it comes to more important and going down the draft board, I think for Ryan Poles, the interviews are probably the most important part of this because you're talking to players that you think are talented already. You've scouted them. You've watched them in college, all of that. People have bad pro days or bad. Like Jalen Carter had a bad pro day. He still looks like he's a pretty good player, right? <laughs> but like the the personality of the player to me, that is the part that stands out. And uh, that's our road to the draft for the day. Our on-the-clock question. It is brought to you by Toyota. Toyota, let's go places. Um, this has been fun, dog. We got to get EO on the mic a lot more often. Dog. You you, you like to play the background guy. You like to fade into the darkness. Dog. I do. I, I prefer <laughs> anonymity in my life 100%. <laughs> but no, I'll pop on. I, I like talking to you, Pat. I guess I'll do this every so yeah, this often. Is, this is a fun time. Every now the and then. The designer and just be the like, producer. <laughs> the designer and the producer coming to CBS this fall. Now, make sure you guys <laughs> tune in with us. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. No, that's the ad. We need to do. We got to talk about Danny with this. We're working this out right now. We got to talk about it. The designer and the producer. We do the Miami Vice shirts, and that's our ESPN commercial for next year. Yeah, for, we don't. Uh, we don't need Joniac season. and Thayer doing no. them. Get out of here with Come that. Come on, no. dog. The designer no. and the producer. Yeah. Come on, and Briggs. Go. No. 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 <laughs> Well, maybe Briggs. Briggs could be, Briggs is a good name for a buddy cop movie as well. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and he's as wide as both of us, so we need him. We need him. It's us like this, and Briggs is just behind us. Dude's shoulders, man, are just oh, he, something he's, else. He's still he's still a, a football player. Like you see him, and you're just like, hey, you you got nothing left in you. You can't play any linebacker. I'm not buying it. <laughs>
Man, he can push anyone around still, it looks like, right? Well, at least us. Yeah, uh, but hey, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five-star review. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. I want to thank you guys for all the love that you showed to, to me and my family on social media. All the crazy stuff about social media that went down. Yesterday, I got to see a lot of social media. That was the awesome side where people showed a lot of love to my pops. Pops is good, out of surgery, very sore. Um, but uh, appreciate everybody who sent support and prayers and all that stuff, man. Uh, hit that like button. I said all that stuff. Y'all stay safe out there. For Eric Ostrowski, it's your boy Pat the Designer back at it again. This Chicago Bears podcast. Bear down.